welcome, welcome, wellness warriors. So grateful to be experiencing another episode alongside of you. I'd love to use the words, this is so exciting, and yet the topic today is one that I find more disheartening, one that I believe deserves to be brought to light because of how detrimental and how much harm is happening based on the mistruths and the misunderstood facts around breast implants and implanting. And the reality is in regards to all of these toxic beauty treatments, if you will, and implants and changes that are really dangerous. And so today, I've had a lot of people ask me why I am such an advocate, seeing as I'm someone who chose implants. And I will say that I believe wholeheartedly in freedom and sovereignty. I believe if you are well-informed, you have all of the information, and you make a decision for your body, it is absolutely your right. And I am not here to tell you what to do, rather to invite you to learn about some things I know would have made a big difference in my decision-making, and also in the things that are really misunderstood when it comes to implanting. So let's get started, and I invite you to share this with anyone who has breast implants, is considering breast implants, or anyone who would like to be more informed in regards to toxic beauty, because this is important information. In fact, I believe it to be life-changing. So something that I like to start off tops because I actually was just in a bit of a dynamic conversation with someone who is really resentful around this statement that is absolutely fact. All implants are silicone enclosed, meaning all outer shells of every single type of implant is silicone. There is no such thing as a silicone-free breast implant as the shell must always be silicone. And so all of the risks known and associated with silicone can absolutely be attributed to a breast implant because they all contain that outward shell. In fact, that's the part that is literally in direct contact with you. So when we put breast implants in, whether they are above or under the muscle, it doesn't change that they are immediately in contact with your blood supply in that area, that they are immediately in contact with the tissue. And this means that silicone is within you. And this is not something I understood. I thought I was getting a new age product, one that was safe from my understanding. I had no idea that implants were cancer-causing. I didn't know. And in fact, that clinical research is newer than when I implanted and we have known for a very long time the risk of silicone under our skin. So, yes, I made a statement, and it is absolutely true. Breast implants have a direct correlation to, yes, a specific cancer for now. And at one point, they were considered to not be cancer-causing. So know that I look at the clinical research as proof that there's now a direct correlation between a breast implant and a particular kind of cancer. And if you've been following my journey, you know that upon explanting on the breast that is deformed, I had an experience of cancer, a skin cancer on that side of my breast. And I believe there is correlation without question. I believe that there's 
it would be a, a very weird coincidence for those things to happen in tandem so quickly. And I know that other women that have gone through cancer treatment, specifically mastectomy, that have implants as what is re, you know, really recommended as part of their recovery. And so I want you to consider that. Imagine that you're removing an organ, one of your breasts, because it has a disease, and the recommendation is to put a cancer-causing agent in so that we, of course, and I can speak openly, I understand, not from the, the perspective of mastectomy, although both my grandmother and my mother have had a mastectomy, so I've been very close in relation to what that can mean in one's opinion of their womanhood and their confidence. I'm also sitting in a space where I look as though a portion of my breast has been removed. And I haven't been on this, these episodes regularly with you because speaking truthfully and transparently, I've been walking through what that means for me. Again, if you've been following, you know I'm Formerly a, you know, someone who was diagnosed before I was even 13 with body dysmorphia. I also took myself down the path, striving to recover from obesity and a, a lot of other ailments in regards to my health and feeling, you know, not feeling not pretty my whole life. And so at the end of my teens, I then, uh, you know, walked myself through an eating disorder as a way of punishing myself to uh, finally acquire the body I was seeking and then I went on to have the infamous mommy makeover after my children for a whole lot of reasons. And that is a, a, a truth that I absolutely have made those choices. And because of that history, those stories still live within me. I work diligently. If you are part of our daily self-love circle for the last three years, over 100,000 people coming in, crossing the stage, using their voice to build proficiency in language and belief around our worth, our worthiness, our, you know, how deserving we are and our true innate light. That space was curated because of the way in which I have experienced life. And so this deformity absolutely left me humbled, really in a lot of mental and physical pain around how it took me to my knees. And I didn't record regularly because this is a sacred space to me. Your time spent here with me means so much. And the last thing I want to do is be a beacon of negativity. Beacon of truth, I'll do that all day. And, and so it may not always be sunshine and rainbows. And yet I'm in tuned enough with my own energy to know when it's time to focus on me and my healing and when I'm strong enough to, to share the story. And that's exactly what I'm ready to do because I hope to protect you, protect someone you love. I have a 19-year-old daughter and a son coming up right behind her. And I want them to know these truths. I want their friends to be aware of what the risks are if they choose this path for themselves too. So again, silicone is always involved. It can 
easily be found <laughs> if you go anywhere and look. It's the first implants were actually um, designed by Dow, which is right here in Michigan. I'm a Michigan native. If you're watching um, a possible clip of this on YouTube, you're going to see that I'm wearing my Michigan native with my hand print sweatshirt. And this is absolutely, you know, where I originate. And I love Michigan. And we have some chemical companies here that are unfavorable, in my opinion, in regards to um, many of the things that they bring into this world. So let's talk about that because Dow Chemical you know, Company, which is now referenced as Dow, was created back in the 1800s. I believe 1847, if I was to uh, look back and reference exactly, I'm seeing if I have it in my notes here, but uh, right around that time is when Dow came to light and they were a, a really big asset during World War II. They helped with a lot of the greasing of, um, you know, artillery. So providing that silicone base for everything from machinery to creating boots and other rubber and uh, plastic items that were, you know, again, part of, of that wartime period. And when that war concluded, like any business a redirection or a pivot is necessary. So when Thomas Cronin and Frank Giroux or Giroux found, you know, really reached out and collaborated with Dow to create these first implants, it was an amazing opportunity. They were going to be able to bring something forward that given the outcome, they would be able to pimp to every woman that ever existed. And that's a pretty big market, if you ask me. And that first implant, the way that implants actually came to market. So 1960 is when those, uh, you know, those creators and Dow collaborated. In 1962 is when the first implant went in to Timmy Jean Lindsay. No stereotypes necessary, but I consider, I invite you to consider where would this person maybe be from? What would be their history? So in 1962, uh, Sweet Timmy had an implant put in after that implant had only ever been in one previous body, the body of a dog, one implant under, you know, dermally entered under the skin. And that's what concluded what they considered to be the research to ensure that this was a safe device to implant into human bodies. If you're shaking your head like me, you know the absurdity of how that was to come into market. And so it should be no surprise that by the 1990s, merely uh, less than 30 years later, there were countless lawsuits because of all of the negative impacts that these implants had had on so many ladies. And there was a moratorium actually put on the silicone implant, and that's a halt in being able to um, offer that as an implant device because of the lack of safety data. And for some of you, you might say, well, 1992 was a really long time ago. And for the rest of us, <laughs> we were born before that year. And it feels so, yes, I'm a child of the 1990s. And the reality is that in these last 30 years, the data that has been collected on these devices has been very telling in terms of how risky and disease-causing, they are actually. So it is not 
up for a debate on if these are cancer-causing. That's been proven in clinical research. And if you've been following along my journey, you know that upon explanting, six months later, I was diagnosed on the same breast as the deformity, cancer, a skin cancer that they'll say right now is non-relating. I want you to realize that the same cancer that is now related to breast implants was one time considered non-related. So because it isn't proven in clinical research, if a device can be cancer-causing, what makes anyone think it wouldn't cause other forms of cancer? In fact, go look at the you know my social media. Go look at Instagram. You can see my thermography. You can see the level of inflammation that was literally encompassing my entire body. And this is important because had any of these things, had the black box warning, the lack of safety data, the risk of cancer ever been shared with me, even 11 years ago, although I was at a different point in my journey, I would have considered this and made a different decision. I am certain of that for me. And there are a lot of people that have, to this day, are walking around thinking they are living with silicone-free implants. The sad truth, and again, I don't live in a place in which I've experienced mastectomy. I do have obvious significant deformity. I also, my grandmother and my mom, both experienced breast cancer with mastectomy. And I know because they recommend immediately to put a spacer in to make room for the implant so that when you are, after you've removed your breast tissue, you can have reconstruction. And so I want you to conceive that for a moment with me. You're fighting for your life, likely scared, feeling, you know, unsure of everything. And the doctors in which you trust to take care of you are saying, let me remove this organ. It is disease infested. And we are going to put in place a cancer causing agent. That alone is worthy of taking pause. So I'm going to continue bringing on more experts, having more conversations. In fact, this next week, I'm heading to a explant uh, experience, an, an entire retreat where there will be energy workers and scar specialists and other women who have experienced the, you know, the, the experience of explantation, maybe deformity. And there are going to be energy workers and so many things that I get to take part in. And I'm going to be bringing not only what I learn back to this community, I'm also going to be bringing who I meet back to this community because we are deserving of knowing the truth so we can stand confidently in our sovereignty. And these toxic beauty you know, implants and products and services are killing primarily women everywhere. I speak to women daily that are deciding if they're going to explant or have already explanted. I speak to them about all of the men, everything from the mental health aspect to the physical, you know, uh, repercussions of making this decision and implanting. And it doesn't matter if you put it above the muscle or under the muscle. The moment the silicone goes into your body, it is in touch with your blood supply. And so you cannot avoid exposure if it's within your body. 
And there are so many things, for instance, women with mammograms often, or women with implants are often recommended to uh, receive mammograms, not clinically tested. Also, many don't know that they've never been tested under high heat. And so I didn't understand why my inflammation had climbed so rapidly. And now I realize because I, you know, curated a really active yoga practice in a heated studio, I was actually, I was igniting the leaching. And do you know how many women are in saunas, hot tubs? This has never been clinically proven to be safe. It has never been investigated. And yet we're told that these are safe devices and women continue to implant at a really high rate so consistently in every nation. And it's really disheartening. So these are a few of the things to start considering when you're considering implantation or someone you know or love is considering implanting or explanting because we haven't been told the truth. There is a black box warning. And I ask you, is your cleavage, your bra- or your breasts worth losing your life over? Because the aggressive cancer related to breast implants can absolutely be the reason that happens. So stay tuned for more episodes. We've got a lot going on. I'm excited to be back in the saddle and excited to share my hope, my healing, all of the beautiful people that are excited to come and also share on behalf of this movement. And we're going to continue with additional wellness practices because I'm incorporating them at such a high level because I'm healing. So I'm excited to heal alongside of you, wellness warriors. So excited to be with you in community. Of course, I wish it was over a different topic, as you can imagine. And I also know that this journey was meant for me. And so thank you for trusting me. Thank you for paying this episode forward to someone in which we can help. And if you have any questions, please do not hesitate to reach out to me. We'll see you soon, Wellness Warriors. Can't wait to have you with us in every episode that feels like a good fit for you. Have a magical day. Thank you.